Howdy, welcome to another episode of Cannon Calls. I'm your host, Jake McAtee, and this week I had the pleasure of interviewing Rebecca Merkel, author of Even Exile and the star of the brand new documentary at Canon Plus, Even Exile. We talk about the documentary and the entrepreneurial spirit that mothers ought to have about the home and the domestic life. If you have not yet subscribed to Canon Plus, now is the time. It's a very, very, very well done documentary. Absolutely beautiful. Very, very compelling. And if you want more content like that, please support Canon Press by getting a subscription at mycanonplus.com. Without further ado, meet Rebecca Merkel. Now welcoming on special guest, Becca Merkel. Hello. Thank you so much. And you should know. Thanks for having me. This has been recorded before on video and it never went out. So really, this is the first ever video oh, production so, of Canon Calls. Okay, so I wasn't insane to not know this was video. Other earlier. than the that other it was than in, you put it in the subject line, other but than I that. can't be expected to notice <laughs> right, that. Right. <laughs> so thank you for for bringing about the video of Canon Calls. <laughs> well, absolutely. Uh, so you have a documentary coming out, releasing yes. even exile. Yes. Congratulations! When this comes out, it will be out. So congratulations yeah. on having a yeah. documentary. I know. Well, we should all congratulate Canon and Alec. That's right. Because I just <clears throat> stood where I was supposed to and did what I was told. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm curious that you've released a book before, several. Yeah. What is the documentary process been very different? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not my project exactly, you know. Interesting. Which is great. Which is fun to you see it happen. Okay. But I'm, you know. I'm just, you just mean you're not in control of yeah no like you I would mean, be on the line or I'm something not the like video that. person I'm not the one that has to make this flow visually so yeah of course yeah. I, I assume you've seen it yes okay yeah sweet very happy with it I am now's uh, the time yeah. to really offer some yeah yeah Alec to be criticisms. like speaking of that <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah okay that was great uh so for those who have not been paying attention to our big news do you mind telling us about even exile yeah so even exile I wrote. Six? No. What did we decide? Six years ago? It's 2016, Maybe. I think. Release. However many years ago that is. Yep. And um, it was just sort of a trying to take a look at feminism, the effects it's had on our culture, where it came from, and what we should do about it. Awesome. So, um, so it's 2022 now. Hmm. If, let's say, uh, we were just talking about a TV show that almost happened, that you were featured in. If your career had gone big and you never got to write Even Exile, like if okay. you set to write Even Exile right now, okay, in 2022, how yeah. different would it be from the 2016 version? Oh, man. Well, I feel like in some of the ways it would be a lot easier to make the point Okay, because I feel like it's so weird now. Everything is so crazy that yeah. even people who are maybe kind of you know, oblivious to the situation six or seven years ago. Sure. Probably can't be oblivious now. Right. Because it's just gotten stranger and stranger. I mean, it's just intensified the same old thing, but it's like. Right. Because I assume this probably means you were writing it 2015, 
Yeah. Which means, yeah. you know, the election hadn't even happened yet. No, so I don't I think so. Because I feel strange. like it was sort of presidential debate-ish times yeah, okay. when I was writing it. Yep. And Bruce Jenner had just I was gonna won say, Maybe Woman that of the was year. like the end of your reductio and you're like, isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah, look at that. And it's like, oh. He's no. old news, you no. know? Now he's Mr. Conservative. <laughs> yeah. 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 So what an arc. <laughs> <laughs> He's really gone <laughs> gone around the merry-go-round right. that one. Um, so yeah, it's just gotten stranger, I feel yeah. like. And people who were probably not paying much attention to the situation now kind of have to, especially post-COVID when everybody yep. was forced to get serious about their life. And I feel like bread making made a huge comeback. Right. During COVID. Domestic arts <laughs> yeah. revitalized. That's right. That's right, during COVID. <laughs> it's so true. Everybody was just stuck at home. I know. Bored. I too made sourdough during that time. You started? Because mm -hmm. I don't, I just, I can't cope with sourdough in my life okay. right now. Or is that something you're still doing? No, because okay. as soon as school started back up, okay. that was the end of the sourdough. I killed right. it right okay. there. I was trying to sort of train it to be tough, but it didn't. Okay. It yeah. just died. Yeah. You didn't want a soft... <laughs> Yeah, mushy. no, it has to deal with the really hard life right. in our house. Not getting fed every but day. But it didn't. It was okay. a sissy starter. Uh, so uh, on this podcast, we uh, this podcast is no stranger to uh, the Mary Shelley and the Wollstonecraft yeah. being sort of a, a villain in some regards. Okay. Uh, you start there with sort of a history of, do you yeah. mind talking a little bit about, um, do you feel like there's anything there that most have you gotten feedback on the history of feminism that you offer that people didn't know about or actually i've gotten a lot of feedback from people who were really thought it was really helpful because yeah. they didn't really know where to come from and it kind of feels like feminism sort of arrived in the 60s yeah. but it really didn't it did not yeah so i think a lot of people felt like oh wow that's something i didn't realize went back further so as a, i went to public school okay um which is a huge confession I'm making currently. <laughs> uh, but it, I, it, I was actually talking with someone in the office the other day. I don't think I heard a full-on criticism of first-wave feminism until I read uh, Chesterton's What's Wrong with the World in mm. college, maybe. Okay. I think I usually always heard, like, of course, second, third, and all the other waves. Those are crazy. But, like, first, yeah. they had to really deal with some. Right. There were some things right. they we needed that needed to happen. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about first wave? Like, is that's not necessarily the way you, you've taken it? Yeah, I feel like people are really naive about that because I think it was all there in first wave feminism. It hadn't like Stuff fully in, like, the later waves. Yeah, all it was all packed in there. It just hadn't really unfurled itself all the way yet. Okay. And so because it hadn't, there were bits of it that were maybe seemed sensible. And I do think a lot of the Christians who weren't thinking really precisely or in kind of worldview categories yeah. just signed on to stuff they shouldn't have signed on to back then. And it was because, you know, I mean, a good lie always has sure. some truth in it. Yeah. And so there were some really good points, I think, that they had, but then they tried to address them the completely wrong way. And so there's a lot of people that still would think Susan B. Anthony is fantastic stuff but it's like there's a very straight line between her and what the second wave feminists are getting up someone to someone like on their knees shrieking about donald trump well yeah because like her little buddy you know uh elizabeth katie stanton yeah i think she wouldn't now i'm gonna get my historical facts muddled up but i think 
she was very much in favor of women being in control of the whether or not they have children. Okay. She just took the route of not sleeping with her husband because there wasn't any birth control <laughs> that was legal. Yeah. But that was kind of her thing. And I think she wouldn't take her husband's name or she wouldn't. The wedding vows were different. You know, anyhow, she was it was. Keep her dad's. Yeah, right. exactly. Because yeah. that's how independent sure. women do it. Um, so, so anyway, it, it was all there. It was just there in sort of more seed form. And people should have. And many people did see what was coming, but a lot of people didn't. I'm curious what you, what would you think, like, how would a, uh, if you were to sort of gather some of the figureheads that you write about, okay. so Wilson Craft, Shelley, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, mm -hmm. if you put them all, like, at a table for dinner, like, do you think they would get along with one another? That's an interesting question. Because I bet the later feminists would have shocked probably even the early ones. Yeah. But they shouldn't have been shocked. You know, like, if right. they could fast forward 100 years and see what was happening... Do you think it would be shocked in a way that's like what they're doing in public kind of thing? So, uh, like, I think it was in Monsters of the Id where uh, Byron, well, this is connected, I guess, so with the Shelley thing. Okay. With, during their summer of, of yeah. all kinds Unlike of crazy Geneva. things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And learning about all that was like very appalling. It wasn't just yeah. sort of like telling ghost stories yeah. around a campfire. Yeah. But uh, so given all these appalling sexual acts that were occurring, Byron got no, a letter from home that they were now doing the waltz in public and he was just like absolutely mortified oh that's funny as he was like at lake geneva doing yeah things that would like make probably our feminist blush yeah do you think it would be something like that where it's like they have this sort of um does that make sense yeah like, like there's still like this kind of remnants yes. of of the older order that they still have yeah right. totally because i think um that despite all the bad stuff that Katie Stanton and um, Susan B. Anthony were trying to create, I think they still were in a society that was far more proper right. than we are today. And I'm sure they would be shocked, but they would have no right to be since that's the, right. that's what they were brewing up. I mean, I just remember like as a kid, we would somehow when babysitters were over, we would talk them into letting us mix up strange concoctions in the okay. kitchen, okay. you know, that had like a lot of mayonnaise chunks floating okay, around yeah. in there yeah. and some other stuff we found in the fridge <laughs> and like a lot of, okay. and then we'd try to get the babysitter to taste it. <laughs> would, would they the do really it? sweet ones yeah, would. Sure. But, um, but I feel like it's sort of like that where it's just like at the end, you didn't, you didn't create something magical. We actually don't But like you did create it. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Right. Well, it's all, you know, the Wollstonecraft maybe is like a very tragic yeah. example of like she yeah. advocated for something and really lived it. Like yeah. she went hard. Yeah. And I don't think but she to be honest, she though might have been cooler with it. I feel like the American feminists had the much more, I mean, they were teetotalers. That's right. They were, you know, they, they were straight laced yeah. kinds of ladies, but Wollstonecraft was not. And she was in France for the entire reign of terror. Which means right. she was there for some pretty gnarly Horrible social things. behavior. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a weird time. I think she's still ahead of us on she the probably road. Is, yeah, yeah. So and had a daughter who, like yeah. I said, with the Geneva thing, was also yeah. ahead of everyone. Yeah, exactly. And so I don't know. Was that before or after Byron tried to buy the eleven-year-old girl? I had to be like around the same <laughs> time. Like, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's Greek. not good. No. 
Her parents said no thanks. The romantics were very weird. They were terrible. Well, good for their parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should be said. Good exactly. For exactly. Uh, okay. Yeah. I I always just wonder in terms of uh, how they might get along, or like, would they mm-hmm. be friendly to one another, mm-hmm. or or yeah. we all line them up and like similarly how you've done. Um, but I don't know if they would even like each other. Yeah, it's true. And I would think that probably if you have like Margaret Sanger would probably be proud of Gloria Steinem, you know, but I'm not sure that Susan B. Anthony would be proud of Gloria Steinem. You know, like they, they all had their kind of like different pieces that they were working on. And I do think that the first wave American ones seem to be pretty, yeah. Kind of Karens, really, is right. what they seem to be. And that, so so with the Karen thing attaching to sort of the teetotaler mm-hmm. mission, can you talk a little bit about that? I imagine there's plenty of people who would be like, well, first wave was great. But then mm-hmm. you also know that they're going to take away like your afternoon cocktails also. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you may have true. like pumped the brakes <laughs> a true. little bit. I know, but that might be too why they seem like they were probably very pious. You know, because yeah, look, they're right. they're so pious that they're even opposed to alcohol. Right. So that must mean that they're like super scrupulous. Right. And, you <laughs> right. know, it was that was just a weird project. And I think it's really funny comparing them to like what was going on in Europe, because the sort of proto-feminist, before we even got to the Susan B. Anthony times, they were, I mean, it was about free love and trying to get rid of marriage. And it was very much ahead yeah. down the road from where the Americans were. And their stuff was much more, um, yeah, we're going to try to boss people around and take away it their alcohol. A and, it is a little mm-hmm. bossy, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It, it feels weird now. So we're days after the leak has happened. Yeah. The New York Times has reached out. <laughs> You've given your takes. <laughs> you know, very like prestigious. Luckily for everyone, I <laughs> yes. did. I did. Very prestigious <laughs> uh, media outlets. Um it's funny watching now where since Roe is being taken away, mm-hmm. it almost feels like there's sort of like a maniacal like Girardian just like rip back. It may mm-hmm. not, I mean, it, of course it's about killing babies, but it also feels like it's the added dimension of like a tug, you know, yeah. like a quick, like you're taking it back. Yeah. Um, with, you mentioned control. Yeah. Do you think that's part of all of that as well? Like, is this... The sort of feminist freak out over yeah. Roe? It even maybe like, especially with American feminist maybe or the american side of like mm-hmm. the bossy side there's i mean i feel like that bossy side is the only side really <laughs> i mean <laughs> like i mean yeah. they're always shrieking and complaining and marching yeah. and stomping and uh, you know like yeah. it's not winsome it was really great an early like video came out the night they were barricading the um courthouse and there was already like bickering people on the same side <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah. or, you know, yeah. I was just like, you know, I don't know that this like could last for very long. No, I, you don't. It, it's like it has to have something else to feed on. And yeah. Right. Right. And it's like it's almost devoured the whole country by now and there's not a lot left. Right. But if Roe gets overturned, that would be really something. I don't know what Did that would, would kick off. you seen it in your lifetime? No, especially not in such a weird moment. Like right now. now. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. You mean during the war in the Ukraine? (laughs) (laughs) You remember that. That's happening. I do remember that. Yeah. We're just moving very swiftly from Will Smith to Ukraine to Roe to, you know, Johnny Depp. It's like we can't, (laughs) 
Oh, it's very <laughs> tough to keep up. <laughs> really? Did you give your takes to the New York Times on anything you know, else? No, we didn't get okay. around to that. Okay. We didn't. But I was, one thing I did say yeah. that they did not quote. Okay. Um, I do think it's funny because everybody now is so concerned with being on the right side of history. You know, yes. just the right side <laughs> of the arc because of history. <laughs> yeah, how embarrassing to be looked back on right. as those horrible people. And I just was like, at no point, if you look at history, were the ones arguing that a certain class of people were not really people. And that's why we can right. deny them their basic rights. Those are never the good guys. They right. do not get revealed by history as, you know, the champions. Inspiring. And... You know, I yeah. just feel like, yeah, if the Supreme Court does this, they I think they really will be remembered as the heroes who did it. One thing about your book, so you cover the feminism, the history of feminism aspect. Um, one thing that I very much enjoy, but I also think maybe you shouldn't have done. Mm, okay. <laughs> did you ever consider just sort of making, or maybe not, that's not the way I want to say it. I like that you made it to where... Well, you're not offering uh, like a Jane Austen how-to or okay. like, so in, in not that, but instead, mm -hmm. this is what we're headed to. You yeah. Know, this is where it's at. Okay. Uh, you sort of just shifted the world. There wasn't, now it feels like uh, when someone finishes your book, there's a lot to do. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about that? Like what, what, what are you advocating for? Like what kind of person are you advocating for? Yeah, so I guess somebody who um, is ready to be hardworking and creative and entrepreneurial, I guess, yeah. in a sense. Because if you are an entrepreneur, as I'm sure you don't know anything about sure, that, sure. Um, nobody is standing there giving you a checklist. I mean, Correct. you have to go out and make it happen right. yourself. And if someone did hand you a checklist for you to get done by 5 o'clock today, yes then you're not an entrepreneur. You're working for somebody else. You'd like to get paid by the end of the day also, <laughs> yes, which is exactly. not going to happen. So. Exactly. And so I just think I would love it if women acted like that and were trying to build something that nobody was standing there explaining over their shoulder exactly what it needed to look like. You know? That, so what you're describing is just, is the kind of person, it feels, uh, it feels very hard. Yeah, exactly. What happened? Like, where where do you feel like, where did that kind of person, where did that kind of woman go? Yeah, I think it did seem to happen when life got easier and you could, you could get by with less, you know? Can you say more about that? What do you mean? Yeah, so the sort of mid-century, post-World War II technology making okay. everything easier. Yep. And life just got you know, central heating and vacuums yeah. and TV Crafty. dinners and, you know, you just TVs. didn't have TVs. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't have to work as hard to maintain a standard of living. Yeah. And so they didn't keep pushing themselves. They just kind of settled in to comfortable. Yeah. And then um, what was probably sort of like basic survival things before just became easy and then they Buttons. stayed there and yeah. then yeah and then they just kind of got sick of it which you would because you know when you're not being challenged and you're right. not pushing yourself and you don't have anything you think is that worthwhile or fulfilling it's kind of boring 
do you, is there something, so with that sort of, um, that arc, do you think there's anything particular to Christian women in that arc? Is there something about Christian women maybe that you see happening? Now or like mid-century Christian women? From there to now, or, or, or you maybe start now. Um, I think, well, I think that feminism really destroyed something there in the middle where a lot of women are having to do a lot of remedial work to get up to yeah. speed again because there are generations like things that would have been handed down sort of mother to daughter for you know centuries yeah just got completely erased from our cultural memory sort of like an inheritance of yeah domestic arts yeah i think i don't know if you guys did you guys talk about this on the podcast there's a book or a whole website of um I think Italian grandmothers. Yeah, the pasta grannies. Can you talk about that? The pasta grannies. I'm all over it with the pasta grannies. <laughs> yeah, can you tell us about that? What is that? It's just little videos of these old ladies in Italy in these tiny little kitchens making handmade pasta. And they're just regional specialties. They're like, oh, you only get this in, you know, the mountains, yeah. wherever. And this is the thing they've been doing forever. And they're just rolling them by hand and shaping them by hand. And you can just tell they've been doing this for decades and Forever. they're so good at it yeah. and they make these you know in crazy little noodles or whatever and those are the sorts of things that are being lost because everybody thinks that's cool to watch but nobody wants to invest in becoming that little old lady right. we would Where rather they... look 22 forever <laughs> <laughs> yeah where where uh because it, it's funny and i guess how we think of like time an economy of time and mm -hmm. efficiency. I assume those women probably spent like hours and hours yeah. and hours on a meal. Yeah. Which yeah. obviously there are things that are nice now that helps with that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they have like the imaginative capacity to think like it's all worth the time and effort. Yeah. And, and it else. also just looks like it actually is a, none of these are like wealthy women. They're just little old ladies in their little apartment in the city somewhere or right. in their little farmhouse. You know, it's just, it's not a upscale thing. Yeah. And I think you guys were saying that the that the project was basically based on like all of basically that generation is sort of the last generation yeah. of Italian yeah. women who know that stuff. Yeah. And they're if you follow them at all, it's like, you know, these little old ladies, you know, like some of them are 100 or whatever. But it'll just be a little announcement that remember we filmed her, she died today. I mean, it really is like just trying to preserve this sort of wow. record of something that's about to be gone. Okay. And um, and I think feminism really did a number on that. And it's kind of like they threw a bunch of stuff into the bottom of the ocean and it's like, well, it's gone. <laughs> it's goes. down yeah. there now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone highly motivated will have to go get that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. So okay. I, I do think that there are a lot of Christian women now who are trying to rebuild something out yeah. of kind of just the rubble and having no clear direction on what is it we're trying to build and what's it supposed to look like. And and that's something that no one person can, it, it's going to take all the women investing and then we'll see what we build. But that's, and that's almost where I was trying to ask, like, did you consider maybe just like a three-step plan or something we could <laughs> well, sell? Like if yeah. you thought about maybe something like that. Yes, there we go. Yeah. That we could would just be say great. <laughs> 
like a domestic art <laughs> kit, and then yeah. they would be set. And if we yeah. just told them by that, yeah, perfect. You've sort of done the opposite, I guess. Mm, I did do the opposite, and I think that that actually has been sort of frustrating for some yeah. ladies. And to be honest, I think there has to be a lot of practical help. Like I think that really needs to happen because of just the simple fact that a lot of these things are gone, and and you really do need to be taught. It's not. It's not like you're going to just magically figure out how to do things by yourself. Right. Um, and so that teaching and the practical stuff is really necessary, but I feel like first you have to have a vision for, okay, you know, the big picture. So you don't get confused into thinking that the little practical helps are the end in themselves, but right. rather that's like sort of the catapult towards something else. So, yeah. So it's like, it's actually just like a mind shift and now you're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Do stuff, I guess, yeah. now. Or... Yeah. And like dad, I have heard my dad use the example about when the first, you know, pilgrims arrived in North America, how many jobs were waiting for them. I was like, there and... were no jobs waiting for them, but there was a lot of work. And yeah. I feel like that's where we are now is there's a lot of work. If you just roll up your sleeves and do it, it's just, it's not like there's easy job descriptions that are a one size fits all. I imagine, um, so you do a podcast with your sister, what I have do. you, um, be, you know, I used to help more with stuff. So I would see a lot more of questions that would come in and oh, yeah. things <laughs> yeah. like that. Um, for you, I wonder reading the questions and I would imagine like, I wonder what they would do with this question or, um, so much of like what have you is what you guys are just doing right. at a thousand miles an hour to mm -hmm. some degree. Mm -hmm. It's way less about like, I yeah. now do this because we're yeah. women who do that. Or yeah. you mentioned uh, like bread wasn't a thing you were doing always. Yeah. Or, Not sourdough um, anyway. <clears throat> how do you, I mean like with like soup stuff and you've had all the, every grade of the New St. Andrews comes over and there's, yeah. How do you like encourage someone into that kind of thing where it's like, this is all basically just stuff you're doing, actively doing. Right. How do you encourage someone like that? Like, or or yeah. to that? Like I imagine it's, that's the frustrating part. Yeah, it is because you can't, you can't be ultra spe specific for each yeah. woman. And actually I think this is one of those things where I think it's so clear that the Bible was inspired by God and not written by humans because you know, if it was written by humans, yeah. We would have gotten really, really bureaucratic. Really. And the, yeah. <laughs> it's like Paul says women are supposed to be modest, but he doesn't start getting into thread count and right. toga lengths yeah. and things that would suddenly be obsolete as soon as you went to a different culture. Right. And I just saw, I don't even know if this is real, but somebody was sharing around on Facebook. It was a list of rules from some really crazy church. And it was funny. It was like, the things we do and don't do here in this church. But it was stuff like, do not have dingle dangles hanging from your rear view mirror. Do not iron <laughs> double creases into your pants. Do not, I mean, it was like a was lot real, of stuff. Well, the church is real okay. and all the names in it were real and okay. everything. So unless somebody made up a fake list of rules. This isn't the... It was like a hundred and some don'ts. This you, isn't Christchurch in Moscow, is it? <laughs> guest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know, just but it's it's just it. so many things like men yeah. you may only wear white or light blue dress shirts. 
Do not leave the house without an undershirt on beneath your top shirt. You may not own anything that has Nike on it at all. I mean, just stuff, you know? Don't ever let, make, let children make animal noises. I mean, there's a lot of things. <laughs> and I feel like that is exactly what happens when people start trying yeah. to legislate. I mean, just look right. at our own legislative code. It's ridiculous. I just learned at a lecture at NSA the other night, it's illegal to transport a water orchid seed across state lines. It's like a federal offense. So I'm just saying we humans are, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. humans are like that. Like right. we get into ultra specific stuff. That's good. And Paul says, keep the house. And he doesn't then give us a huge list of things that have to be done every morning by 945. But humans do tend to, to do, get to into those. Kind of yeah. And so Especially I, with higher the higher stakes, I feel like the higher the stakes, the more yeah. just yeah. And so I, I think that if we tried to come up with a list of every housewife shall do yeah. thus and such, right. it just descends into that really petty tendency that we all have. And um, I Our think... inner bossy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's feminist. interesting that the Bible just doesn't descend into that. So it actually remains pertinent and relevant across centuries and across civilizations. And so what it looks like to keep the house for you... Yep. is going to be completely different based on who you're married to and what century you're living in and who your kids are. And I mean, so much there has to be you taking ownership and then you translate, like you figure it out. So God told you to do this and then you look at your circumstances and then you figure out how to make it happen. Depending on your own imagination, your, your, yeah. your own leaf mold, yeah, those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, how do you decide what to put on your walls? On my actual walls? Yes. Oh, see, it, it kind of happens to me. That's the problem. Um, this was a particular question from Forrest Dixon. He wants oh. to know why Maxfield Parish. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a good question. You've tapped into a deep vein here. <laughs> this is what we're So you mean for. pictures, not my wallpaper. Yes. He, well, maybe both. The problem is I was going to be very adult and very mature and I was going to have super neutral colors. They were going to be very, mature. yeah, they yeah. were going to be like yeah. sophisticated neutrals. Then I was going to do color and things you can switch out. No, well, now I just have like crazy stuff. I don't know. That's why I said it just happens to me, I'm afraid. But so, if, well, so if anybody wants to go see you, did you had a conversation with your dad? Yeah. In, yeah. In your home. Mm-hmm. It's true. Uh, that so, wallpaper is awesome. Well, yeah. And I that one I designed and printed and then put up much against That's my awesome. own better judgment. Yeah. But I did. Okay. And so, yeah, it like I said, it just sort of happened. And I what happened was I started designing wallpaper just for my one little tiny entryway because our house was a crazy wallpaper house when we bought it. So I was like, we'll just do a nod to the wallpaper. And then I couldn't stop. It just... <laughs> To spread. So you didn't actually solve the wallpaper issue. You sort of just let it. You like pour yeah. water on it. I just, just yeah. I it just yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> it's like Parish, a fairy though. ring. There it went. <laughs> um. So Maxwell Parish, one of those pictures that's hanging above my couch was like my great grandmother's, I think. Okay. And it was just always in our house growing up, kind of around. And I remember being really fascinated by it when I was a kid. And I've always liked Maxfield Parish, but I always was like, I would never hang Maxfield Parish in my house because it would just be 
Not adult. Yeah, not adults. It's right. and then look, it happened again. <laughs> but I do like those old, the old prints because if you look at the actual colors Maxwell Parrish uses, they're crazy, beautiful, amazing colors. But it's very kind of fairy tale book for kids kinds of illustrations, okay. which would, I was like, be great in a kid's room, but not in the living room. The but non-adult it's, rooms. It's, it's in the living room, right. but it's the old prints yeah. that look a little more they're muted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I do like those. I've just picked those up like in antique stores when I've seen them. And um, one, I suppose, benefit of the timing of the documentary is if anybody watches, you look very busy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, how did that line up? Did Alec just catch you as you were doing? <laughs> I just Alec really captured the most authentic, <laughs> the most authentic life. Yeah, and he's had to clean. Way too much of my house. <laughs> <laughs> Alec has? Yes. Alec was cleaning? Yes. Yeah. He'd be like, mm, that window is really dirty. <laughs> so clean it. Cleaning That's the awesome. backsplash in my kitchen, taking the garbage out. You know, it just, wow. Alec, yeah, a lot. Yeah. He did a lot. He, yeah, dedicated. Um, yeah, moving weird hunks of sheetrock out of would you, the frame. Would you ever be doing something and like you haven't heard from Alec in a while and you just turned around and he was like catching <laughs> textures somewhere <laughs> but usually i will say it was very much like yeah i was in the middle of whatever that was so what's going on you, i mean your house um well our house is just perennially under construction okay. so <laughs> the first part yeah. the front of the house is, is more first world and then it descends into third world by the time you get to the kitchen got it but but of course we made a whole bunch of progress on the kitchen but after after we sure. were done filming. Oh, filming. Okay. So I was like, mm, someday we'll have it to might revisit. Be nice to have a follow up. Yeah, it'd be to like we did. But we're not there yet. Okay. We're just a little Maybe better. A little better than we were. Never be there. I know. Well, hopefully the kitchen Do you will. Do you have that fear? Do you have a fear that it'll just won't end? Like it's some sort of spiritual warfare situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the yeah, already sort of not yet is kind of coming yeah. to pass yeah, well, in the do kitchen. Have the entryway, but <laughs> yeah, I hope that the kitchen will be there. Like every time it sort of looks like we might have a big moment that we could, you know, tear it up, get yeah. it done. Something else happens. So right now we're planning a wedding. So the oh, kitchen is yeah. a little bit on pause, but we'll awesome. come back to it. We'll circle back to the awesome. kitchen. Yeah. So there's a lot of things. Yeah. You too. Hey. Thanks. <laughs> so uh one big question i had for you um was i had heard this was something on what have you quite a while ago okay and i don't think it's ever been brought back up and okay. i think it should be okay have you yet read lee fingers peace like a river yeah see i was worried somebody would bring that back up yeah. someday yeah no. no no you don't plan on reading it well i don't know if i don't plan on it i just sure haven't planned to it. read it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should I? Are you another one of I, the voice I think of the multitudes telling but me? But now almost I feel like everyone's devolving into you just won't do it. So now it's like come to just like Yeah, now do it, it becomes like a stubbornness problem. About, and like now the other side's getting stubborn. Mm, just do it. Mm -hmm, do it. Mm -hmm. We might have reached a stalemate. I don't know. Is there a lot of things? I mean, I imagine uh, book recommendations for your family, I assume, are high caliber recommendations. Or anyone listening would be like, well, I mean, if... Yeah. Yeah. These are high caliber recommendations and you have no problem. <laughs> passing by. Passing by. <laughs> don't care. Exactly. And no, I just, I just don't. Plus I'm just not in the mood for a poignant memoir type situation. 
<laughs> is it because you looked at the cover once and you're like, that's that's not for me? <laughs> that I don't know. I just, title. I think what it is. Okay. So <clears throat> life is crazy. Yeah. I yeah. don't have much time to read sure. unless I'm sitting on an airplane. Okay. Which is the time where I'm like, oh, I might read something for fun. Sure. But that's the moment that you have on an airplane. I have to read because I'm teaching. So, you know, I spend a lot right. of time in books, but it's not like, oh, I think I'll read a novel. You spend time in like Grecian yeah. tales of. Yeah, exactly. Or, or, or Byron and Shelley <laughs> or, Byron or whatever. And, and so when I want to read the something. Art from the artist. <laughs> <laughs> kinds of things. You do sometimes yeah, have yeah. to, but. Other times you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So anyway, uh, when I sit down to read a fun novel, yeah, I never feel like Leaf a Hangers. poignant memoir. Sounds <laughs> Who told you poignant memoir? Is <laughs> I don't that know. a blur? It just, no, it just, I feel like that's it what it is. Like it. it looks it like a poignant like memoir. Yeah. And anyway, I'm not somebody who likes to cry for fun. <laughs> and so. <laughs> And so like, Much like <laughs> Nate and Rachel, who have been really <laughs> yeah, close those to the two, book. they just love to get <laughs> yeah, together and just, have a little weep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. You're right. No, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Get it. No, it's like I, I just would be like, eh, maybe I'll read it someday. Right now, I'll read a Woodhouse, right, or something else. Well, that's yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but I was even given a copy. Were you? This is going to yeah. haunt you so, forever. Yeah, so it's there. I have it. Yeah. And I'm poised and ready. Poised. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should have, someone should have like taken the cover off of it. So you aren't I looking know. at like a I misty know. blue. Right, right. Poignant memoir <laughs> of a cover. I um, mean, is it poignant? <laughs> and is it a memoir? <laughs> it's not a memoir, I don't think, ish. Does it read as if it's a memoir? <laughs> Lee Finger's great. I think he's not answering my question. <laughs> uh, did, and uh, whoever told you they cried, that was not a good idea. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't cry. Maybe I'd I have a heart cry. of stone. You could not lie. sure. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, that should will. be its own podcast. Yeah. Like I'll you, come back and report yes. if I cried. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Even just live react. I mean, it could just, we could do several episodes <laughs> saga. Me reading aloud yeah, and waiting aloud to see if just, my yeah, voice just, catches. Yeah, re- <laughs> Everyone's mm-hmm. waiting just for, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that kind of have anything else for you. Thank you well, so much. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Everyone go watch yeah. Even Exile, mycanplus.com. Exactly. Thanks. Thank you,